literally on a daily basis, the Canadian Rangers will be called out to support a domestic operation, whether it be a forest fire, ground search and rescue, or a flood or something of that nature. Hi, I'm Captain Adam Wharton with the Canadian Army Podcast. The Canadian Rangers are an important part of the Army Reserve. They play a big role in domestic operations, search and rescue, survival training, the list goes on and on. This year marks their 75th anniversary, and we're going to talk about where they've been, where they are now, and what role they play as part of the Canadian Army team. Making his second appearance on our podcast is Brigadier General Nick Stanton, Director General Army Reserve, and we're going to talk about everything Canadian Rangers. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, Adam. Great. and grateful to be back with you today. So this time we're talking about the Rangers. What do the Canadian Rangers do that nobody else can do in the Army? Well, very interesting question and something that we're doing a lot on educating people about our Canadian Rangers. So the Rangers are the Canadian Armed Forces' presence in those isolated, remote, and coastal areas of Canada. They are literally the footprint of the CAF, the Canadian Armed Forces, in those areas, in those remote communities. And they are the lightly equipped and self-sufficient mobile forces in support of CAF domestic operations and in support of CAF training in those remote and isolated areas. So what kind of domestic operations have they done recently? So recently, the uh, Rangers have done a lot, particularly in support of the pandemic, the operations out there, whether it's supporting communities with delivery of vaccines, uh, wellness checks, that type of thing in the communities. In addition to that, uh, domestic operations like forest fires in BC or flooding, that type of thing, they'll come out and help support uh, the CAF during those operations. So, sir, can you give me a scenario in which the Rangers are on the ground doing something? Can you kind of describe what that looks like? Well, most certainly, literally on a daily basis, the Canadian Rangers will be called out uh, to support a domestic operation. For example, a ground search and rescue. In a community, in an isolated or northern community maybe, if somebody has gone missing, it could be a child, it could be a hunter, the local authorities will call upon the Canadian Armed Forces to provide some support. And that normally arrives in the form of a Canadian Ranger who has the localized knowledge of the area to go out there and support a ground search and rescue, for example, to go out and help find somebody and provide that patrol from that community. It could be upwards of eight people on their, whether it's ATVs or boats or skidoos to go out and support that local operation to go and find somebody. So the operations officer puts out the call or something and says, hey, we need you to go out and go to this community because something's happening. They hop on their skidoos or their ATVs or whatever, and then out they go. They get on the ground. They talk to the people that are there, start assembling, and if required, other assets come into place and kind of link in with them? Yeah, and they provide that extra uh, flexibility for the first responders to go out and do something. Similarly, during a bigger domestic operation, let's say a forest fire, when we send our immediate response unit in to support once the CAF, the Canadian Armed Forces, has actually had a request for support, the Canadian Rangers, they live in the communities. They have the local knowledge. So when we send an Army reconnaissance uh, party in to do the assessment, they can link up uh, with the Canadian Ranger there, who has the knowledge of the area, and also really important, has the knowledge of the people there and the leadership and has that foot on the ground already to establish the relationships in that when we go into support somebody, whether it be a forest fire or a flood or something of that nature. 
as we've talked about the concept of the Rangers, I'm always picturing like Lord of the Rings, you know, the Rangers and, and that's their thing, right? Is they have knowledge of the terrain. They have knowledge of the community. They like, don't go there because of this, go here because of this. These are the paths. These are the safe paths. These are not safe paths. So I assume that translates pretty well to their day-to-day function. I would suggest that's exactly it. They have the localized knowledge there and they have that foot on the ground that they're able to support the Canadian Army or Canadian Armed Forces personnel that are coming in to support during a domestic operation. Similarly, during training, let's say it's the Arctic operations course, that they have the local knowledge in the north uh, when we send the course up there for their training in the actual environment. We have people there that live there and can provide that local knowledge and support. This is safe to eat. This is how you build the shelter. Don't go on that ice because you'll fall through and drown. You know, that, all so, that kind of useful knowledge. Which is common sense to a local person, but yeah. maybe not so common for one of us that are coming in from the south. I don't know if I can talk about TV shows that I've watched, but uh, The Terror, and it talks about the Franklin Expedition, which is a group of British explorers that was exploring for the Northwest Passage in the mid-1800s. Anyways, these ships got trapped in the ice, one of them being called The Terror, obviously, and uh, the ships themselves disappeared. And the expedition also kind of disappeared through that time, and they did a lot of work to try and find it. And apparently an actual Canadian Ranger member had brought back a story of having located one of the ships, the Terror, and that assisted in the discovery of it, which was, I think, relatively recent over the past couple of years. Yeah, I believe actually it was a few years ago, uh, around 2017, where the, the search for the ship was actually ongoing. And uh, when they engaged one of the local Rangers who lived in the area, said, oh, yeah, that's over there. Right. And they actually <laughs> yeah. knew the area. They just asked the local people where it was. And uh, interestingly enough, that year I was in London and the display at the Maritime Museum was based on that expedition. And they had brought the rangers over who actually knew and located where the, uh, the final resting place of the ship was. That's the benefit, really, is right you have there. these people who know the area, especially with a strong tradition in oral history for many of those areas. They hold a lot of that knowledge. Very much so. And that's the localized knowledge so that when the CAF comes in, whoever it may be, and if it's the army, units go in there, you have somebody on the ground that can be that guide and know the, the connections in the local community. And many rangers are leaders in those local communities. They could be the fire chief, the mayor, the manager at the local uh, supermarket, whatever it may be. Or in indigenous communities, they could be the local chief or a band council member or something like that. What kind of training do the rangers get in order to be able to support activities that are happening in their areas? Well, in actual fact, rangers are considered trained upon enrollment. There's no formal training for the Canadian rangers, which is both a strength and a limitation. There is some optional training provided for them. Uh, for instance, there's a seven-day basic ranger course, which basically introduces them to the uh, Canadian Armed Forces. And then there's a, a short leadership course of about seven or eight days also, which provides that additional how to administer your patrol out there. But rangers are considered trained upon enrollment with the skills they bring to the Canadian Armed Forces for that time. Can you break down maybe uh, how big they are, what kind of communities they serve? Can you like talk about the demographics a little bit? So uh, across the board, we've approximately about 5,000 Canadian Rangers in total in nearly 200 communities across our country. And everything from the coastlines to the north to the interior of Canada. And they're broken into five Ranger patrol groups with a ranger patrol group per division, with the exception of third division, which has first and fourth Canadian ranger patrol groups. And each patrol group is about anywhere between 1,000 to 1,200 uh, rangers within the patrol group itself. 
And one of the misconceptions is that rangers are all indigenous. That's not correct. Only actually 23% of our Canadian rangers self-identify as indigenous out there. Although observations, we certainly have a great number of indigenous people as part of the Canadian rangers. But the rangers represent the diversity of the community they live in. It's funny you say that because my cousin is actually a master corporal with the Rangers up in uh, BC. So cousin Ken, if you're listening. (laughs) See, and it's funny, the number of connections people have to the Canadian Rangers, (laughs) as you have your cousin there. Our governor general's father was a Canadian Ranger. So there's connections at all levels throughout. Everybody knows a Canadian Ranger from a community or somebody that's retired to community and become a Canadian Ranger. So you talked about the different pieces and the various CRPGs, the Canadian Ranger patrol groups. How do we get all that to work together? It covers quite a large amount of space and all these different organizations. There must be challenges within interoperability. How do we make it all work? Well, the Canadian Rangers are fully integrated as part of the Canadian Army team. So along with our full-time and part-time components, our civilians and the Canadian Rangers, they are integrated into the chain of command. So the Canadian Ranger patrol groups, the headquarters, report to each of the Canadian divisions out there. So the Army force generates the Ranger capability, and then Canadian Joint Operations Command actually force employs it. So if they're called out on a ground search and rescue mission, they're actually employed by CJOC at that time and the Regional Joint Task Force. Why do the Rangers fall under the reserves? Well, they are reservists, right? They're a unique part of the reserves. They're considered part of the Army Reserve, but their terms of service is completely different. They are not restricted by the University Health Service. That does not apply to Canadian Rangers. They are a part-time component, just a unique part-time component as reservists. So military units take their military history pretty seriously. What do the Rangers have for a history? Like, what's their backstory? So they have a very interesting history, actually, starting in 1942 with the Pacific Coast uh, Militia Rangers, which was a force to protect our West Coast during World War II with a threat of a possible invasion there. In 1945, they were stood down as a force. But then in 1947, with the uh, threats during the Cold War, there was a need of that remote and northern area to have some presence there. So the Canadian Rangers were stood up in 1947. And to this day, now 75 years, in 2022, now being the year of the Ranger, we're celebrating uh, their service to Canada on the 75th anniversary. Usually units celebrate that kind of anniversary with some type of pomp and circumstance. What kind of things are we doing for the Rangers 75th? Well, Adam, there's a lot going on this year to uh, celebrate and recognize our Canadian Rangers. There's some national level activities. We'll see Rangers uh, carrying the colors at Hockey Night in Canada. They will be doing a sentry duty at the War Memorial and uh, looking at some marksmanship competitions that are also uh, occurring across there. And the Canadian Army run this year is Canadian Ranger themed. So for our our run this year, it was pretty exciting about that. In addition to that, in Victoria, we were going to have a Canadian Ranger rendezvous where Rangers will come together from all the patrol groups and uh, practice some tasks together. And then we're going to have a uh, formal parade with them at Government House in Victoria, where the Governor General will be the reviewing officer. There's a whole pile of uh, regional level activities, whether it's the Borden Air Show, uh, White Horse Museum exhibit. And also we're looking to bring back and revitalize the Canadian Ranger Corps. So bringing back their accoutrements for their uniforms, the appointment of a Corps Director and Sergeant Major, their march pass, their patrol flags and pennants. Um, all of that is coming back this year to recognize the Canadian Ranger as a Corps within the Canadian Army and uh, to also recognize the 75th anniversary through a whole series of events, both national and uh, regional. When you say bring back the Canadian Ranger Corps, so it was a Corps before and then it wasn't, now it is again, or how does that work? 
They were established as a, as a core in 1947, but over the years, the core status has somewhat faded. So we're looking to revitalize that this year and bring back a lot of uh, uh, what they should have as accoutrements on their uniforms, uh, specifically for the uh, Canadian Ranger Patrol Group headquarters, the full-time staff there. A special patch this year, uh, Canadian Ranger 75th patch is being produced to be worn by our Canadian Rangers. 75th anniversary coins are being produced. There's all kinds of good stuff going on this year to recognize this year. And an important part of this also is uh, we will look at the year of the Ranger from the 1st of April of 2022 to the 31st of March 2023, which leads into the Junior Canadian Ranger 25th anniversary next year. So we're tying it all together. The Junior Canadian Ranger program, which is executed by the and conducted by the Canadian Army through our Canadian Rangers, is an important part of that Ranger family and the future of our Canadian Rangers. So Junior Canadian Rangers is kind of like cadets, but for Rangers? Sort of, yes. A bit of a different focus in there, but it's for the youth within uh, those communities and within Canadian Ranger Patrol groups. So it's cadet-like, to put it in very simple terms, (laughs) but the focus is a bit more different. It's more about the community and the, uh, the skill sets within those communities. What kind of activities do they do? Part of the skill sets is learning uh, the traditions of their community, if it's an Indigenous community through there, and uh, survival skills, things like that within there. So they have their learning circles, the Junior Canadian Rangers, and they're supported by the Ranger Patrol groups within those communities. We talked about marksmanship, and I think it's worth noting also that the Canadian Rangers recently received some new equipment. You want to talk a little bit about that, the, the new rifle? Actually, in the past couple of years here, they've been refitted, traditionally carried the old Lee Enfield 303 rifle. And in the past couple of years, we've actually been refitted uh, with the C-19 specific Ranger rifle, uh, which is a bolt-action rifle there. And having fired both of them in one day, I fired the old uh, Lee Enfield 303, which you really have to work at. Uh, the new C-19, which is a 308 caliber uh, rifle, is pretty impressive. And my grouping made me look like a good shot. I was quite <laughs> impressed with it. <laughs> they say a poor cook blames their tools, but it uh, seems like you got it down then. <laughs> I got it down, Pat, with a new and better rifle. I became a, quite a good shot. Is there uh, anything else that's happening in terms of modernization? So we got new equipment in terms Mm of weaponry. Uh, What else is happening with that? So if uh, we can reach back into our previous conversations, when we did the podcast on the soldier readiness policy for the reserves, talking about the Canadian Army modernization strategy, a line item within there and within my responsibilities are the Canadian Rangers. And we're currently going through a process called Canadian Ranger Enhancement, where we're looking at updating the role, mission, and tasks of our Canadian Rangers, in addition to looking at the policies, because many of the policies that deal with reserves in general and, and some specific to the Canadian Rangers are very much from the last century. We need to modernize those. So the modernization effort with our Rangers to support them and administer them and ensure that they are enabled to do their job when they're called out to do so is an ongoing effort right now. Another big piece is we're standing up in this past year, the uh, Director of Canadian Rangers. So an actual directorate in Canadian Army headquarters to look after all aspects of the Canadian Rangers and help facilitate whether it's a, uh, a G1 human resources issue or an operations issue with our G3, that facilitation, that coordination of the Effort Army Headquarters, which is really bringing uh, to light a lot of our Canadian Ranger issues, but also the successes out there we're able to highlight too. Well, I think you, you have to be able to understand the issues in order to improve things. And I think as an organization, we try really hard to try and go through that process of identifying issues, resolving them, mm-hmm. and then going through that cycle. So that seems worthwhile. Very much so. And we have people dedicated to looking at it and helping to enable and support our Canadian Rangers. Do you have any other stories you'd like to share about maybe your experiences with the Rangers? 
Well, prior to the pandemic, I actually got out on the ground with some rangers in northern Ontario, and I spent a couple of days out there on a sled. They gave me a sled and uh, trained me up on how to use it, and I went out and spent a couple of days out in the uh, in the bush, and it was fantastic. Great, great people, really interested to have somebody come and visit and show off some skills in, in their navigation and how they lived in the wintertime and that type of thing, and uh, emphasize that need for that local knowledge. I was four hours north of Thunder Bay. Places I had never been before, but thankfully I was with the Canadian Rangers who knew every trail and every track and <laughs> yeah. could tell the local stories there and were pretty enthused. And even though I'm from Calgary and they were Toronto fans, so we, we still, uh, we still had a good talk about hockey and all the things you would expect to talk about, uh, on a, a late night in a tent with a fire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The unifying theme across, uh, For all sure. provinces. Most definitely. So you used standard those that maybe don't know, we have uh, the standard Army Arctic tent. Is that the equipment they use? They had different kind of tents? Actually, they had some uh, prospector-type tent. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a Yukon stove in it. And, uh, yeah, it was very different from my uh, Arctic camping winter uh, indoctrination experiences, uh, but still similarly how you live there and how you survive um, out in the north in wintertime. So typically, for those that might not know, we use these uh, Coleman stoves to, to heat tents and cook our food and keep ourselves warm. And uh, the Yukon stoves are legendary in terms of their effectiveness for heat. And it seems like a lot of the Rangers kit, it's not fancy, but it works really well. And Yukon stove is one of those things, just like the Lee Enfield, you know, yeah. maybe an older model still checks out. Well, it's effective and it's tried and tested. Um, in those conditions up there. So when people know how to live in those conditions. And also key to all this is also our Canadian Ranger Patrol Group headquarters and what they provide that image of support. But one of the critical parts uh, to the whole Ranger program is the Ranger instructor. So these are the full-time, both um, regular force or reservists on full-time service that uh, provide, they're literally the adge, the training officer, the training NCO, and all of that to the patrols. And they are out there supporting them, administering them, uh, teaching sometimes, learning sometimes, but are out on the ground uh, looking after and enabling our Canadian Rangers on a daily basis. So that's the kind of where the rubber meets the road in between kind of the Rangers and their integration in the community and the military piece that uh, connects through to them to provide them with maybe training or support of some sort. Yeah, and then they're the interface uh, with the military there. And it's normally a sergeant or a warrant officer uh, that is out there on the road for a good part of the year uh, enabling and supporting our Canadian Rangers. Is there anything else you'd like to add, sir? Well, if people out there have an opportunity and see uh, some of the advertising we're pushing out, whether it's the podcast or that, for the Canadian Ranger 75th, if you have an opportunity to attend one of the events or go along, please do so. Please engage in that and ask questions and learn more about the Canadian Rangers. We have an opportunity this year to highlight our Rangers, to understand what they do um, and how they contribute to the One Army team and to the greater CAF. So please take an interest in our Canadian Rangers this year and uh, what we're doing with them going into the future. Those are the people in our communities helping us out. Exactly. And they're part of the team. They're a unique part of our Canadian Army team that we're very proud of and proud to have uh, working with us. Well, thanks very much, sir, for again coming on the podcast. Anytime, Adam. I quite enjoy coming and sitting down and talking to you. All right. Well, that was Brigadier General Nick Stanton, Director General Army Reserve, back on the podcast for his second kick at the can. If you want to know more about the Canadian Rangers, Take a look at the show notes. There's a link in there and you'll find out all sorts of great information about them. As usual, I am Captain Adam Orton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Orton out.